1: Welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable Podcast. I'm your host, James Vickers. You can reach us on the show at ChampionshipPod, and you can follow my personal Twitter account, which is at underscore James Vickers, where I mainly tweet about Preston North End.
2: Hi, I'm Kevin uh, Markey, uh, editor of League United Mad, um, Twitter handle League United underscore Mad. Um, Obviously everything related to leads, the ins and outs and the ups and downs, whatever, um, I recorded on my website. Hi, I'm
3: Andy Buckley-Taylor. I'm a Der- Derby County blogger for the Derbyshire Times and all their sister titles. You can find me on Twitter at Taylor 64 and also a Facebook page with all the links to the various podcasts and articles I'm involved with, and you'll
4: find that at book Taylor's Derby blog. I'm Simeon Pickup. I'm edit- editor of The Tireless End. Um, loads of reading content, analysis, news, uh, opinion, all of that. And you can find me on Twitter at SimFromBucks.
1: Yeah, cheers for joining me today, guys. Obviously, we've had the first full set of fixtures apart from the Hull Aston Villa game, which is tomorrow as we're recording this. So I'll start by running through the results from the weekend so far. Um, Obviously, one game that we'll get into, uh, Frank Lampard's Derby County came up 2-1 winners away at Reading. I just thought I'd get the Frank Lampard mention in there because everyone else seems to be doing Then we move into Saturday. Birmingham and Norwich finished 2-all. Brentford, probably the result of the weekend, won 5-1 against Rotherham. Bristol City and Nottingham Forest drew 1-all. Ipswich and Blackburn drew 2-all. The same as Millwall and Middlesbrough again, 2-all. Preston, good for me, beat QPR 1-0. Probably the surprise result. Bolton won 2-1 away at West Brom. Wigan won 3-2 at home to Sheffield Wednesday. And Swansea won 2-1 away at Sheffield United. And then the game today, which was played earlier on, Leeds United beat Stoke City 3-1. So we'll start with you first on this, Kev. If you want to touch on the Leeds game first, obviously, uh, you know, uh, seeing it on TV, a fantastic home debut for for Bielsa. Um, What did you make of the game? And then going back onto yesterday's games, are there any that stood out in particular for you?
2: Yeah, well, obviously today was a very intense game, really. Uh, Obviously, Stoke City were... um, favourites to be fair to sort of turn us over and I think a lot of Leeds fans thought if we got a point from the game it would be a good result because obviously the spending that stoke of Mage over the last sort of few weeks uh, bringing in some top players and keeping in most of the players that came down really so we always knew it was going to be a tough game but uh, surprisingly enough so from kickoff, really we sort of took the game to them, really. I think we played 4-1, 4-1, formation, and they couldn't really cope with us at all. Everybody was uh, pressing down the Stoke players, um, incisive passing, um, fighting for every ball, you know, creating great chances as well. It could have been three or four at half-time, and it wouldn't have been a major surprise. Um, so, yeah, they really sort of, um, in front of, of oh, no about 34,000 fans as well on a Sunday afternoon, which isn't bad. Um, obviously Stoke bought a couple of thousand, made it a good atmosphere. Yeah, the, the, I think they surprised the whole um, the whole ground, really, because they really looked really up for it. And um, it's probably one of the best performances we've seen in a long time at Ellen Road. And I think the Elsa is um, he, obviously working hard with the players. You could tell they were absolutely exhausted after the game, because they put everything into it, unlike Stoke, who thought maybe, perhaps, that if they just turned up, you know, they probably... Uh, get a good result, but obviously they'll learn quickly that they have to work a bit harder than that to, to get a result in the Championship. But I think they will obviously come good eventually because they've got a good squad and a good coach. Um, but I think we did surprise them today I and mean, it, it was probably a good time to play them with, the, with it being the first game of the season because obviously they didn't really know what to expect from the Championship. They've been out of it for about nine seasons. And I think now they've got um, uh, a real good description of how they've got to sort of play now to uh, battle the way to, uh, in the games and by the way we did for the whole 90 minutes. So a great result and a great performance.
1: Yeah. Just uh, before you move on to the, um the games yesterday, Kev, yeah. Kimar roof up front for you. I know there was mm-hmm. a lot made, especially on the sky sports studio about him, been more of a number ten, unable to play as a number nine up top. How do you think he did? Sort of watching it on TV, I thought he was one of your best players today. Are you confident that if he plays as that nine up top all season, he can sort of firstly keep Bamford out of the team, uh, and secondly, he can be the man to sort of fire you into the playoffs and hopefully, from your point of view, further up the table. Yeah, I man, he did. He did stand
2: out. His work rate was immense, and he, he probably could have got a goal or two as well. Um, but I think buying Bamford. Has really upped his game a little bit because he knows now there's you know, a bit of uh, you know he's, he's got to fight for his place in the team. This is his third full season at Ellen Road now, and he hasn't really reached the heights he had. Obviously, he was in League Two with Oxford, but he hasn't reached the heights people thought or expected from him over the last couple of seasons. But I think that performance today it was absolutely immense. And like I said, I don't think he. He's going to find it difficult to play like that every game, every single week, but because uh, he puts so much into it. But the fact is that he lasted the whole, what, whatever it was, 96 minutes without Bamford getting a sniff of, of getting onto the pitch. So that shows you how well he played. And, yeah, he got the Man of the Match award from the TV show, um, Sky TV. And, obviously, he, he probably just shaded it from... Uh, Liam Cooper and Matthias Cleek, who both had excellent games as well, but uh, hard to pick a man of the match when he played like that. But I think Roof, yeah, I think he's done himself no harm now, and Bamford will know he's got a bit of a fight to get into this, into the team. And to, to say that we spent, what, £7 million on Bamford, and you'd really expect him to go straight into the team, but obviously it just shows him now he's got to sort of fight to get in there. When he gets in there, he's got to perform, so that's a good sign for us, really.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you and uh, Kev. And you know, hopefully, from your point of view, he carries on sort of in that vein of form throughout the remainder of this season, uh, which seems to have to say considering we're only one game in. But <laughs> to have that option of Bamford off the bench as well, you know, must be really pleasing for you. Um, before we touch on sort of the majority of the fixtures over the the league, I'll I'll pass it over to Kev. Uh, to I'm getting you two mixed up. To Simeon and Andy, um, Friday night's game. A lot of focus on. Frank Lampard, you know, his first game in sort of football management in a a competitive game, eventually came out 2-1 winners with a really good header off Tom Lawrence in the last minute, which I know from your point of view, Simeon, must have been bitterly disappointing because I thought Reading, for the most part of the game, impressed me considering sort of seeing how many pundits have almost wrote them off before a ball's even been kicked this season. How did you see the game sort of going? And do you sort of have confidence that Reading can sort of stay in the league this season?
4: Yeah, it was really frustrating for us, to be honest. Um, going into it, as you say, we weren't particularly fancied by anyone. Um, don't have a huge amount of quality in the side, certainly not to the to the level that derby do after the after some really good signings they've brought in. Um but I thought we were really good on Friday. We were very compact, very disciplined, um, very energetic in the midfield. Um, thought we stopped Derby playing really well for certainly all of the first half and Um, a bit of the second half as well, but particularly the first half when we pressed really well, um, we broke on them pretty well and got a few good chances, and we probably should have gone in one or two nil up at half-time, to be honest. Um, Dipped a little bit after half-time when Derby really improved a lot, um, but we got that goal that we needed. Um, So it's just really frustrating to to throw it away in the manner we did. The equaliser was really disappointing from our point of view. Manone should have kept it out at his near post. But then the, the winner, from our point of view, is one of those goals you can't really stop, to be honest. Really good cross in from uh, Mason Bennett, I think it was, and, as you say, a really great header from, from Lawrence. So, although we're frustrated by that, we can still take a lot of positives from how we had set up in the first half and done pretty well, um, particularly seeing how bad last season was, that we just didn't have any fight, didn't have any spirit. That all seems to have come back a lot, in this game at least. So if we can carry that on starting next week at Forest and then maybe a few games after that, just get that first win quite quickly, hopefully then. Um, hopefully build over the next couple of months. I'm not immediately confident that we're going to um, have a really good season, but there's, there's some good signs there.
1: Yeah, and to get your point of view on the game, Andy. How did you see the game going? And you know, what have you made of Frank Lampard so far? I know there's been a lot of media attention on him, and you know, you're going to get that when you get a sort of a, a famous Premier League player coming down into his first job in management. What have you made of him so far? And how do you see your season going?
3: Uh, so how do I see the season going? Um, it's it's very difficult. Um, he's a rookie manager with up to Friday zero experience. But what did impress me Friday night was Reading um, took the initiative more in the first half and uh, we had to ride ride it out a a bit. I I I think both teams were very wasteful in the final third. But um, after the break in the second half, We saw evidence of a plan B there because earlier on in the game we were trying to play it out from the back through passing and I don't know if you noticed in the second half um, that first pass from the defence was uh, a little bit longer and uh, it was pointed out by several people that uh, Richard Keogh didn't look uh, altogether comfortable um, with with the original uh, game plan there. And he, he's a sort of defender that usually um, he can take the ball out and run the ball out and, you know, up and into the uh, opposition half. And this passing it out from the back, uh, not quite used to. And it, it's like anything. I mean, I had uh, Fulham fans telling me it was very similar to them last year when when they started that start of football. It took a few games to click. But when it does click, when everybody's on the same page, it's uh, well worth the wait. But uh, overall, I think, uh, I don't know, the whole, whole 92 minutes is splitting heads, really, to set the two sides. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, our, our, our equaliser there, goalkeeper may have done better for that, but I think there was a defender stood in his line of sight which didn't help things. But then again, he also uh, made a good stop when Harry Wilson had a chance. So I wouldn't be too harsh on their keeper for that. Um, I I was all set for the draw until that uh, ball in from Mason Bennett, which was a, a superb pass. And Tom Lawrence will never score a better header than that. And, uh, you know, what can you say? But uh, before the game, a lot of... Um, people were tipping Reading to be amongst the whipping boys this season, I don't think there will be um, the squad they've got at the minute, I don't think it's a top six squad but a couple of additions would make the world of difference to them and I think it's in the, the final third of the field where they, they need to be looking, they need somebody clinical up front um, I know Bod Varson didn't have a bad game and uh, Barrow on the wing played very well for them and uh, they're not a million miles away. And I, I think they'll draw a few more positives than they will negatives. And, and the same for us. Rocky manager, you can't get a better start than that. But uh, we, we'll, we'll see how it continues uh, next Saturday when we've got Leeds United visiting us.
1: Yeah, I think you summed that up quite nicely there, Andy. I think seeing it from my point of view on the TV, it was one of those typical first games of the season, I think. Derby you'll get better as the season goes on I think the squad that Lampard's got in you know will will really gel over the next couple of sort of months and I think you'll be there or thereabouts come the end of the season and I think Reading again as you said looking at them on TV on Friday night it's hard to go off one game but I think they should be all right. and as you said a couple more additions and I know sort of talking to you over the last 12 months Simon, you were sort of mentioning the the need for a, a clinical forward player so similar to Preston you know if if each of us can get one of them in I think you'll be sort of safe mid-table this season and you know hopefully Preston can push on a bit so to go into the games from, from yesterday, we covered the Friday night game and the, the game today. Are there any sort of in particular that stand out for you? We'll start with you first, Kev. Sort of Looking back over the fixtures yesterday, are there any that caught your eye in particular?
2: Yeah, there's some entertaining games, really. I think Millwall, obviously, should have been out of sight by the time Middlesbrough came back into it, but they have to settle for a point. Likewise, that, that Birmingham and Norwich were have sounded an entertaining game as well. Um, but I think the standout for me is Bolton's win at West Brom. I thought, you know, they the only won one game away from home last season. To beat a team like West Brom, who, who, like, who like Stoke and Swansea, other teams that got relegated, sort of favoured to bounce straight back up again. They looked out of sorts, and uh, they've got a bit of work to do themselves. So uh, good fair play to part Phil Parkinson at Bolton. He, uh, you know, he got a good... Um, got a good win there and um, they've got off to a good start so that, that for me is the uh, outstanding result. Um, you've got to feel a bit sorry. I think the only team that, that should worry after the first game, like you shouldn't really worry when you had one game because there's plenty of games to go in this league, 45 more games but I think Rotherham obviously losing 5-1 at Brentford, they've got to start worrying straight away that uh, it's hard to come back from a defeat like that. Uh, they've got to really bounce back now and get some victories, and it's always difficult when you've been sort of, uh, you know, you're back on a 5-1 defeat to to get yourself motivated again. So it's going to be a, a long season for Rotherham, I think, and um, they're going to find it tough this season.
1: Yeah, and same question to you, Andy. Are there any games in particular that stood out for you over the course of yesterday? Well, I, I think the Bolton
3: game stands out. Uh, Above, the, above all the games as the biggest surprise of a win. Um, I do think West Brom will finish in the top six, and I hope they do as well. I think Darren Moore's a, a really good guy, and uh, I wish him all the best there. But Bolton uh, last season, will, well, I would say without any doubt, were the poorest away side to visit Darby. And as it's been pointed out, the only 1-1 away game last season So uh, to pull off a result like that, I think uh, they need to take a bow for that. Um, Millwall, even though last season they they had that run and only just missed out on the playoffs, I think Middlesbrough would have fancied their chances. uh, They had a good late run um, as well last season. And uh, they they were nearly beaten. Um, Millwall went 2-0 up and uh, they had other chances to finish the game off, but uh, Middlesbrough came back at them. But, uh, I, I think overall, we, we, you, you're looking at all the uh, games yesterday, and uh, I, I, I think this season, this division, is just going to be tighter than ever. I think realistically, there's 12 to 14 teams in the division that are in with a real chance of going up.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you, Andy. I think this season it's going to be a lot Sort of more open than it was last season. I think Wolves in particular ran away with it obviously last season and I think the, the league as a whole this season is a lot closer uh, from a, a wider range of teams so I think probably between now and the end of the season I don't think one team will pull away at the top of the league. I think it's going to be a lot of chopping and changing especially in the top sort of eight I'd say, eight upwards. You know, there's not really a team that you can say Looking at obviously it's it's not the best to judge on one round of fixtures, but seeing someone that will pull away. Obviously, Brentford had that good win against Rotherham, but I think Rotherham are going to be the sort of the whipping boys, if you like, this season and the team that really do struggle. Um, are there any games in particular for you that we haven't covered yet, Simeon, that, that stood out from your point of view?
4: Yeah, I think the Brentford and Bolton wins are probably the most obvious ones. Brentford getting a really comfortable win together. Um, to get the morale up nice and early and Bolton getting their surprise win. But I guess apart from that Swansea getting a a late win at Sheffield United as well, getting a really, um, a late win is always good for the confidence. Um, getting it live on sky as well. Just those little things that give you that little bit more of confidence going into a season, especially when you've got a, a new manager. Um, and on the whole, they're the only relegated side that have got a win over the weekend. Um, so that's a, another little boost for them. Um, still early days, so it might all um, uh, dissipate over the coming weeks. But it's a it's a good morale boost for them at the start of the season.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: Yeah, I think the one that stood out for me that we haven't really touched on yet is, and I know it sounds daft to say, I think the Swansea win away at Sheffield United is sort of one that stands out. To go to, you know, a place like Sheffield United, who were unlucky to miss out on the playoffs last season, in your first game, coming down from the Premier League where you've been used to getting beat most weeks, and, you know, with the team that Swansea have assembled, it's quite a young squad. And to go behind, you know, midway through the second half to a Sheffield United team, which were full of confidence it would have been easy for them like sort of West Brom and Stoke to sort of fall off and, and suffer that defeat on, on the opening weekend. But, you know, to their credit, they came back Ollie McBurney, who I know Louie filled in the podcast last week and tipped um, sort of a few players to be top goal scorer in the league this season. I think you only have to look at Ollie McBurney and he's one of the safe bets for, for been there or thereabouts. And, you know, that's who my money's going to be on for, for them to get back into it the way they did and, and snatch a late winner at Sheffield United, you know, was really impressive from their point of view. I think it'll take them a while to find their feet in the division, especially with the young players they've got who, you know, the majority haven't really experienced the championship season for the most part before they've brought yeah, in some think, good additions.
2: I think, I think somebody mentioned that from the team that got relegated, there were only three from the final Premier League game of the season in the team. So Graham Potter has really transformed the squad there. Um, and that was their first win this calendar year away from home as well so it was a on top of that it was a, a fantastic start for them so it will give them a lot of confidence like you say to uh, progress now in, in this league.
1: Definitely I think one of the stats that I saw as well to go on from that Kev is that out of their starting 11 yesterday against Sheffield United I think 10 of them didn't start the last game of last season which you know shows mm. how many players they've brought in yeah. over the summer yeah. and sort of change their team around. So it's a whole new look Swansea team. And if how they were in the championship last time is anything to go by, you know, they could be in for quite an exciting season. But, you know, it's going to take that young team time to gel. And hopefully from their point of view, they can find their feet sooner sooner rather than later, get the the wins on the board and the points on the board early and, you know, have a good season. Um, But if we sort of move on and we've sort of covered a few games there, are there any games, and this is sort of an open floor if anyone wants to jump in, are there any teams that we haven't necessarily mentioned in, in the talk of you know teams going up automatically this season that you think could be the surprise package? And any teams sort of, again, on a negative point of view that you think will struggle this season where sort of not many people have tipped them to struggle? Uh, well, I could only put that in the bracket of automatic
3: promotion because I think the sport, as I've said, I think there's 12 to 14 teams that could certainly um, end up being promoted. Uh, whether it's via automatic or via the playoffs it is another matter that uh, i' I'm, I'm liking what I saw from Brentford at the weekend and you know I'm just wondering could they could they be a surprise package for the autos They've got uh, a very good side they uh, season after season they have to sell players, but they seem very capable of getting more than adequate replacements for them. Um, they they've sold Bory and Josephson to ourselves, but uh, already they seem to have a replacement lined up, and you, you just never know, do you? Could they do a Bournemouth? Uh, that that's that's my thoughts anyway.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, Brentford will surprise a few play- uh, people, but I don't think they'd be surprising people or teams now for the last sort of, couple of seasons losing top players and then. Just finding really good replacements to come in. I mean, Ryan Woods is the next um, prediction for them to lose a top player. There's what sort of teams sniffing about, including ourselves, and to lose such quality players and then replace them with, you know, some players that you never really heard of is is amazing. So there could be dark horses, like you say, but if they keep hold of, uh, of Dean Smith, that is as well, because there's been overtures for his, um, you know, for his. Work elsewhere. Uh, Villa were sort of sniffing around, but I'm sure another top team will be looking at his uh, work at Brentford and think, you know, he could probably could do, do do a good job elsewhere. Obviously, Middlesbrough are going to be up there as well. Um, they've just sold Gibson, I believe, to Burnley for a, a few quid, so they've got a lot of money to spend between now and Thursday for you know replacement players. So they're always going to be in the top around the top six I think but for me the most exciting thing about this season is I don't think there'll be a Wolves this season sort of running away with the league um or a Newcastle or Brighton previous season I think it's going to be wide open and the top two positions I think are up for grabs really and obviously the relegated teams are going to be up there but there's going to be a few surprises including Brentford and the top six is just wide open really between you know loads of teams um apart from Rotherham, maybe, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, there's going to be lots of teams involved in um, in the end-of-season promotion, which makes it one of the best leagues around, I think, because it's he, so unpredictable. You could beat a team at the top one week and then lose to a team near the bottom. That's how it goes. The consistency is required for this league, and the teams that capture that will uh, do well. But it's, it's a very difficult 46-game season, and I think it's going to be... Uh, Uh, Plenty of ups and downs for a lot of teams this season.
4: I guess for another dark horse, um, Bristol City as well, what they're doing um, down there. I know they didn't win at the weekend, but they're kind of similar to Brentford in that they're really good at um, having some good players. And yeah, they're going to have to sell them on to other clubs, but they can replace them really well. You look at um, Bobby Reid going off to Cardiff, replacing him with uh, Moisa from Cheltenham. Uh, same thing with Aidan Flint getting replaced by Adam Webster. They've got good recruitment network, so being able to sell their their best players, but still a good talent. Um, I think they're going to do well over the next couple of years. Maybe not this year, maybe not automatics, but courses for, for this year, certainly. Um, looking at the job that Lee Johnson's done as well. Um, they tailed away at the back half of last season quite a bit, but they've got a bright manager who's building something over the long term and eventually I can see him getting into the Premier League.
1: Yeah, I think one team that we haven't really touched on as well that, you know, I could be way off the mark here, but they've, especially their recruitment over the summer and, you know, they had the same manager from last season as well as Norwich, um, they've still got Fark in charge, they've brought in, you know, a few players from Germany, uh, players like Passlight, they've got... Leitner now sort of tied down and I think you know if they can keep the core of that squad together and, and really back the manager this season there's no reason why they can't sort of push on and challenge for definitely a playoff spot I think the last two seasons from their point of view have been really disappointing they are one of the sort of quote bigger names in the division and it's sort them a lot longer than they would have liked to to have found their feet over the last couple of seasons but I think they're poised now to to give it a really good go and I I agree with you in terms of uh the Bristol sort of tips in me and I think you know they've kept the core of that squad together the sort of only real issue I see from their point of view is how they're going to replace the goals of Bobby Reed. but you know if Vyman's anything to go by he scored a few in pre-season got the goal yesterday against uh Nottingham Forest if he can stay fit and, and keep putting the goals away for them. I think they'll be there or thereabouts again. So I think, yeah, it's uh, as you said, Kev, there's going to be a, a lot wider range of teams in the division this year that could possibly just possibly a challenge for the playoffs and automatics. And I think it only makes for a more exciting season. You know, not that last season was sort of underwhelming in any sense, but, you know, to have... A lot more teams challenging for for the same amount of places is you know gonna sort of keep it tense right down to the wire um but sort of to move on to the the three teams that have come down from the Premier League this season, I know we've touched on their results and and sort of how they got on um I wanted to start with Stoke first, and I'll come to you first and uh kev on this obviously you played them today. How do you assess their sort of summer recruitment and how do you see them getting on? probably for the first three months of the season and then the rest of the season onwards, do you think it'll take them a bit of time to bed in or do you think they can hit the ground running You know, in a game or two's time?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously today I think was a blip really. I think it's a bit of a wake-up wake call to them that you know they'll have to work a bit harder to get a result in this league. Um, I saw nothing from, from many of the players today that suggests that you know they're going to be up there, or thereabouts, but things can change so much in this league. And next week, uh, they'll probably, you know, you'll probably see a better Stoke City team. But you know they've got Butland in goal, who's obviously just come back from the World Cup, but he, he made a slight howler for the second goal today. Uh, but he may, he may not be even there in a, in a week or two because of the, the Premiership uh, Premier League clubs after him. But if you look at the whole squad, I mean you know they've got even Crouchy, you know, he came on as a sub today and he was sort of really quite funny to watch, really. He's not used to playing in the Championship too much, but he was, you know, winning all the aerial battles like he'd expect, and um, we were having a bit of trouble sort of trying to get up near him, really. But if if you look at Crouch, obviously he's got a lot of experience, and they've got experience, they've got youth there as well in the team. I think they'll, yeah, in... Is a good signing from Huddersfield. He'll, he'll, he's. I think he's more of a Championship player than he is a Premier League player. I think he'll have a good season there. He hit the woodwork with a thirty-yard shot. So if that had gone in, it could have been a different story. But uh, if you look at all around, you know the team. Afobe uh, up front, he, he was outstanding last season when he was on loan at Wolves. Uh, got a great goal at Ellen Road, I remember as well for Wolves. Um, yeah, and obviously Alan in the middle—he's an experienced figure as well. Um, they're gonna get—you know—they're gonna get more wins than anything uh, with the with the, you know, the ability in the squad. Um, like I say, it's probably a good time for us to play them today, the opening day, because obviously they didn't really know how what to expect, but now they do. I think they'll readjust. Uh, Gary Rowett knows knows the league. he has been you know it's been there. Before, so you know, what it's all about. I think he'll he'll get things. He was very humble in his, uh, you know, talking after the game, saying obviously Leeds deserve to win and everything, and we'll have to sort of readjust and get used to things. And he's right, you know, it's going to take a few games. But I think Stoke will. I'll, I'd say they're definitely going to be in the top six at the end of the season. But the amount of money they've got to spend and the current yeah. squad they've got, there's no doubt that they'll be there or thereabouts.
1: Yeah, same question to you, Andy. But I think this time, if we focus on Swansea from your point of view, how do you sort of see them getting on this season with the young squad that they've got, as we've mentioned? And how do you see them over the first sort of three months, and then sort of the rest of the season onwards?
3: Uh, well, uh, the evidence from yesterday, and it was only the first game of the season, and it, it's been pointed out there was only three players that uh, uh, that finished or played in the last game of last season in the Premier League, that would indicate to me that Potter's already making his mark on the team and setting up and selecting players uh, to play his brand of football. Um, I I think Swansea, along with the uh, the other two relegated teams, will either be in or around the top six at the end of the season. I can't see them doing a Sunderland and... Um, it's, uh, I think it was a, I think it was a brave move by the board by appointing a manager who had um, previously just worked abroad. That uh, he's come in, obviously, he knows his onions, and uh, he's uh, chosen a game plan which he thinks will be effective. And uh, it's a bit of a contrast because I, I, I can actually remember Swansea on the rise a few years ago. When, in reality, it all started off with Roberto Martinez with their uh, slick passing game. But uh, it's evolved over the years through different styles and different managers. But uh, overall, they're going to be there or thereabouts. And uh, no doubt they'll be wanting to get back in the Premier League and uh, seeing that other Welsh side uh, make the reverse journey.
1: Yeah, and if we come to you now, Simeon, about West Brom, how do you see them getting on for the first part of the season and then for the rest of the season onwards, do you think they can bounce straight back up?
4: Yeah, I worry about them, to be honest. A lot of uh, uh, low morale at the moment after that after that late loss and just looking at some of the comments from West Brom fans on Twitter after the game, really unimpressed by um, some of the performances and particularly when you look at the, the side that they were putting out, a lot of it was... Some players that were underperforming in the Premier League, and even if you're going back to say that that taxi scandal last season there's it's clear that there's a really kind of negative vibe set in at the club on the pitch and all the pitch um I know Darren Moore's come in and he's a very popular guy, but there's only so much that an inexperienced manager can do. I'd like to see him um be given a chance over a long period, but if he has a tough couple of weeks couple of months then you might end up uh, getting the stats a later. They seem to almost be in a similar position to uh, when they came down a few years ago. They've got a lot of good players, but if they don't adapt well and if they don't really start to get the feel-good factor back, then they might start to struggle.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you about West Brom. I think the majority of their squad unlike Swansea, you know, they've kept from last season and as we saw with Sunderland last season, I think they I think they have a better squad than Sunderland did. But, you know, to keep that core of players who we used to lose in week in, week out, to, to suffer an opening day defeat against, you know, Bolton, who were sort of near the drop zone last season. And in the manner that they did as well, you know, to concede a last minute goal, you know, Wilshott scored, I think, in the 88th, 89th minute only sort of further increases the sort of doom and gloom factor around the Hawthorns at the moment. And I think, you know, the sooner they can get points on the board, the better for them. Cause I think if it goes to sort of that first international break in September, about four or five games in, and, you know, they've only got sort of three or four points, then, you know, panic alarms will be going for them. So I think out of the teams that have come down, I think Stoke will probably finish the highest. I think Swansea and them will be sort of in and around the playoffs. I think West Brom, I don't think they'll go down. I think their squad's sort of too good for that. Uh, I reckon they could have sort of around about a tenth place finish unless you know they can get their act together quickly and start to get points on the board and and sort of really reverse the the negative factor around them at the moment. A quick, um,
2: a quick shout out as well uh, whilst we're on, James. Uh, obviously, Harvey Barnes that goal he got yesterday for West Brom was one of the goals of the day. For Absolute screamer from about I don't know twenty five thirty yards. It was one of the goals of the day yesterday. I thought, and uh, he's a great young talent. Is the guy? I think he'll he'll do well there. But uh, he was on loan, I think, at Barnsley recently. Uh, from and he's from Leicester, obviously. But uh, I think he'll have a good season for them. So that one well, on the bright side for them, he, he had uh, sounded like he had a decent game and he scored scored a peach of a goal as well
1: yeah I think on that same breath I think you know looking through their squad from yesterday I think um it'll be a real sort of breakout season for Oliver Burke as well I think if he can get game time you know there's been a lot of talk around him sort of so far over the last year or so and if he can get a consistent run of games for them I think he could be one of the star performers in the league this season so you know hopefully from their point of view those two can really kick on and sort of carry them forwards um but if we move just quickly before we finish on to uh, previews for next week and We'll start with you first, uh, Kevin. Andy, obviously, you two will be playing each other. So if we start with you first, Kev, um, how Mm. do you see the game going against uh, Frank Lampard's (laughs) Derby County? And, uh, you know, what is your prediction going into it?
2: Well, obviously, it's going to be a late kickoff um, next Saturday. And obviously, the focus is going to be on Frank, first home game in charge of, of Derby. So all the attention will be on Lampard and his team. So obviously. For a change, we'll be sort of taking a back seat, really. We'll be sort of the uninvited guests, if you will, next Saturday. We just happen to be, you know, our first away game of the season. I think it'll be a tough game because we we never sort of do well at Pride Park or uh, any previous um, (laughs) grounds they've had over the years. But um, it's going to be a tough game. Obviously, he's got momentum at the moment. Didn't play that well over 90 minutes, I didn't think, against Reading, but got the result because... Of the Lampard factor, I suppose. If he made the changes for the substitutes and it worked for him, so whatever he touches at the moment is 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 doing, you know, turning to gold. So it's going to be a tough from that aspect. But hopefully, if we can play a similar sort of game that we did today, um, hopefully we'll give him a good game at least. And. Um, you know, if we can get some sort of result, I'd be quite happy just to keep our momentum going as well. So it's it's very important at this time of uh, the season to get good results and not you know, not get any defeats. And if you can manage that, the momentum with the whole team and the the crowd sort of gets behind them, and uh, the momentum starts starts to progress. So. Uh, tough, it's a tough game to call, but, uh, you know, if if Richard, my mate Richard Keogh is playing, I think it'll be an entertaining game. So um, I think, you know, we might squeeze a draw out of it, if anything.
1: Yeah, and the same question to you, Andy. Um, obviously, to not make it biased, I... Uh... I'll single in on the Leeds manager who probably gives the the best post match interviews I've, I've seen for quite a while. With his, uh is it his assistant Kev basically uh, yeah, whispering in is ear?
2: Is Well, I, I think is is his interpreter who happens to be an assistant as well. But uh, yeah, it, it was a very unusual uh, uh, <laughs> interview. But uh, he, I think he's doing his best to learn a bit of English. But it, yeah, it, it was entertaining.
1: Yeah, I think the thing that made me laugh about it most was the fact that his interpreter sort of gave him the answer in English, (laughs) which he seemed to understand because he'd take on board what he said and repeat it, but gave his own slight twist on it as well, which I wasn't entirely sure why he needed the interpreter, but there we go. It was Um, was funny. It was funny. Yeah. So, Andy, how do you see the game going? Um, what would be your score prediction and how do you see it sort of going for the 90 minutes?
3: Uh, It's a very difficult one to predict because neither side with their opening games has shown their, their full-handed cards. Um, we, we've got three new signings that we, that's yet to get on the pitch with uh, George Evans, who I think will be more of a squad player. Uh, Florian Josef Zun, um didn't get on the pitch the other night at Reading. And obviously Jack Marriott, uh, who, who was banging in the golden league one for Peterborough, uh, wasn't uh, even on the bench on Friday night. And uh, I, I, to be honest, I think Lampard's doing a sensible thing with Marriott because quite often, prolific scorers in League One haven't always performed as well when they've made the move up to the Championship. And he's, he's probably wanting, in, wanting to get him going um, 100% on the training ground before introducing him uh, to the matchday squad. Uh, Leeds didn't start Patrick Bamford today. He's bound to score, being an ex-Darby player. And um, they've got a manager who's uh, he's, he's highly respected from previous jobs he's done, and he's also known as a bit of an eccentric as well. I think it'll be a tight game. Now, uh, if it ends in a draw, I won't be too disappointed. Leeds are one of the teams that uh, I expect to uh, improve uh, quite a bit on last season. Um, they're they're, a, they're a, a sleeping Premier League club in the, the size of the, their support and uh, they've they spent, uh, well, too many years out of the Premier League if you're a Leeds United fans, And uh, I expect you to be very tight. Uh, I know they haven't got a great record against us in the past 15 or so years, but uh, it, it, it's a different year. They came. We played them twice last season. They had, They had, I thought they were the better side when we won at their place. But then they came to our side. Uh, our our place. We scraped the draw. Yet we were by far the better side. So it's that funny old game, football. But uh, if we get something out of the game Saturday, I'll I'll, I'll be
1: happy. I'll be content. Yeah, and to move on to you now, Simeon, and uh, the Reading game, obviously you travelled to to Nottingham to play Nottingham Forest. Do you think that you can keep the, I say momentum, even though you got beaten by Derby, but I think there were positive signs there. Do you think you can keep that going against Nottingham Forest to only just sort of scrape the draw against Bristol on the opening day?
4: Yeah, it's a tough one to call how it's going to go, really. Um, Forest have got some really good signings in through the door, grabbing in particular... A proven score at this level. I know they didn't get the win against Bristol City, but coming onto their own ground for the first time this season, they're really going to want to um, get their season off to, a, off to a quick start and really uh, try to push it on. But looking at the performance we put in on Friday, I'm confident that we can keep it tight at the back, really stay organised and disciplined and make it tough for them. Um, and looking at the way that we attacked against Derby, trying to... Uh, use our pace on the counter and really break on them and hurt them that way. That could work quite well away from home at Forest. Um, be interesting to see how we um, manage to make that step up from playing at home to away. But I'm I'm encouraged. And to be honest, even if we do lose or or get a draw, I won't be I won't be too worried as long as we put in a um, a good performance that really gives us um, a good account of ourselves.
1: Yeah, and just to touch on the the Preston game. We go away to Swansea, which I think is going to be a, a tricky game. Obviously, they'll be buoyed by the the last minute victory against Sheffield United, and even though we got the win against QPR yesterday, we didn't look particularly convincing. You know, we had a lot of the ball, but there was just not much in the final third, which has been sort of the problem sort of all summer really. And it's it's quite obvious that Neil wants to bring someone in from his sort of. Pre and post much comments, but you know when you've got an owner who, sort of, for the most part, doesn't want to spend the money. You know, it's it's a bit frustrating from his point of view. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens between now and Thursday, especially if we can bring in sort of someone who either as a young sort of forward with a bit of pace while Maguire's out injured, or I know today we've been linked with John Walters on loan from Burnley, which, you know, while not a particularly inspiring signing, is a player that knows this division and, you know, you can always count on him to chip in with a goal or two. So I think if we can get someone in over the line, I think, you know, it'll be quite a close game couldn't call it um so if i was to say anything i'll probably go for a draw you know set on the fence and four points from the opening two games without a defeat you know i'd be more than happy with especially considering our sort of next four or five games uh, are all quite difficult i think we play stoke um leeds derby over the next few weeks so I know i'll know i be chatting to you and uh to you too kevin andy over the next couple of weeks especially Um, So, you know, if we can get off to a a decent-ish start, the fixtures ease up after that. So, you know, if we can go after that international break in and around the playoffs and, you know, hopefully kick on between then and Christmas, uh, I'll be quite a happy fan. But um, with that, we're out of time. If you guys want to tell everyone that uh, sort of any social media projects you're involved in or how they can follow you, now would be a good time.
2: Yeah, Kevin from uh, Leeds United Mad, uh, Leeds United underscore mad on Twitter and Facebook as well. I'll be on um, Proper Sport Radio tomorrow morning discussing uh, today's victory against Stoke, about 8.15, if anybody wants to tune in. And, um, and probably on other shows during the week as well uh, that involve Proper Sport. So tune into that station. It's a great local station uh, for Yorkshire sport. And um, I'll speak to everybody soon. Uh, Andy Buckley-Taylor. Uh,
3: Derby County Blogger for the Derbyshire Times and Sister Newspapers. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BookTaylor64 and the Facebook page, uh, BookTaylor's Derby Blog.
4: Simeon Pickup, editor of the Tilehurst End. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Tilehurst End and same name for Facebook. And you can find me on Twitter at Sim from Bucks.
1: Yeah, and as I said at the start, you can follow me on my personal Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers. Um, I mainly tweet about Preston North End, the championship, and a bit of German football as well. And most importantly, you can reach us on the show at Championship Pod, where our weekly episode is tweeted out each Monday um, or Tuesday, depending on which day we record. So definitely give us a follow and make sure you don't miss an episode. But cheers for joining me today, guys. Um, Best of luck for the rest of the season, and uh, we'll hopefully have you on again soon.